up, you cuties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode number one, season six. I'm your host, Jim Icavone. I'm joined, as always, by Jack Smith and Travis Ballinghoff. If you're listening live on YouTube, I'm sorry, watching live on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and set an alert for future shows. And if you're listening as a podcast, please make sure you're uh, listening and subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to get notifications for future shows the minute we upload them. Uh, you can find all of our social media links in one place at hoo.be forward slash hockey. Uh, all right, boys. It was a big weekend. Flyers rookie series uh, has officially uh, ended. Rookie camp, I believe, continued today. Um, we have a lot of topics to talk about. Some around the NHL, some concerning the Flyers on and off the ice. Uh, but what do you guys say we just dive right into the Rookie camp talk. We have TF checking in. What's up? Yeah. Absolutely. What up? Absolutely. So uh, Travis and I had the pleasure of making the long drive out to Allentown Saturday night. Uh, had a great time, actually. It was a really cool facility there they have in Allentown. Right, Trav? The, what's it called? The PPL Center? Yeah, it was. Press box was really nice. Store was cool when we walked in and. To the left, they had that little old Phantoms picture with Giroux and Richards and Patrick Sharp and all that. It was a pretty cool place. Oh, wow. Yeah, I actually, I really enjoyed it over there. I wish it was a lot closer. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, 90-minute drive was not that bad. It went by quick. We had good company. Um, but it's a really cool little arena. My first time in an NHL arena. Uh, kind of can't wait to get back AHL. out there. AHL, what did I say? NHL? NHL, yep. Yeah, sorry, AHL. Uh, Slaypool <laughs> checking in. Hey, guys. Hey, Slaypool. What up, Slaypool? Um, yeah, it was really cool up there. And, uh, you know, we got to watch some of the Flyers' young studs who were maybe anything but studly Saturday <laughs> night. Uh, we, we're going to try to keep this positive because I think as far as guys like Denoye and Forrester, like we saw the way this game was being played Saturday night. And it, it looked like they were kind of playing. I, I think people were speculating they were playing not to get hurt. That's perfectly fine with me because I don't think those two guys have anything to prove in a rookie game. And the way the Rangers were playing, uh, I was worried that somebody was going to get hurt, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Um, so we're going to try to keep it positive, talk about the bright spots from Saturday night. Jack, uh, you had a wedding over the weekend. So I'm not sure if you had to watch the, if you had a chance to watch the game or not. So I was thinking maybe uh, if you had any questions during the show, you can pro- bounce them off Travis and I, I can, for sure. I did watch your, your show. Um, I watched the, I streamed the first game. I watched the first game while I was rehearsing my speech. The second game I caught. <laughs> That's dedication right there. Yep. It's tough. Probably, probably the best decision. Watch game one over two. Yes, it, yeah. from what I heard from you guys, <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, for sure. It was, uh, I mean, we had special interests, I think, watching Saturday night. But if you were just going to watch a game and watch the Flyers win, it was a pretty brutal game to watch, I think. Um, there were, however, some bright spots, right, Trav? And uh, a couple players uh, stuck out, at least to me. We'll get to those. But I want to know uh, which players still in your mind, Trav, after having a couple days to let this kind of sink in and digest stood out to you from Saturday night uh, from a positive perspective, still the same thing. Um, we talked about Sam Mutsu Amala. We talked about Zade wisdom. 
guy we really didn't talk about, uh, Matt Brown, who it sounds like the uh, the front office and the coaching staff was really happy about. Uh, camp invite, who's on an AHL deal. So if he was to get caught up, he would have to sign a one- or a two-way deal. But this Matt Brown kid who wearing Patty Brown's number 38, um, he had a pretty good camp. I think Lappy set our uh, weekend rookie uh, rookie game rookie games. Uh, I think Lappy said after the game, Zade Wisdom, he thought had the best weekend out of any of the players. That's hard to disagree with. Um, and Sam Mutsuomali wasn't perfect, but I saw some bright spots there, especially on the power play. Yeah, the more I kind of thought about the way Tuomala played, the more I agreed with you. Um, because as I mentioned Saturday, I wasn't as focused on him as I was. Whenever that top D pair was out there, I was completely focused on Grounds and Andre. Um, but after sitting, you know, talking uh, about Tuomala during the game, Tuomala during the game with you, I kind of had my eye on him. And the guy can skate, like flat out move, right? That's the first thing I think that stands out to you about if he, Tuomala. If he chips that puck past you and you don't get a piece of him, he's gone. Yeah, and they need some guys like that on the, on the mm-hmm. roster, right? They haven't exactly been the most fleet of foot team. So uh, it'll be interesting. I think Tomala spoke today uh, about being frustrated in the leagues overseas, uh, hasn't played the best, um, had a good ending to last season in the second-tier league in, I think it's, I want to say Sweden, but it's probably Finland. Um, I can double check that in a second. Anyway, it was a second tier league in one of those countries. Um, Flyers now have him over in Lehigh Valley for this year. They got their hands on him, and let's see what they can do with him. You know, um, we have some comments here. Let's get to some of the the comments. So Bonk and Andre were a plus. Now I didn't get to watch the game Friday night, so I'll take TF's word. Did you guys have the opportunity to watch Bonk on Friday? I, that's the game. I pretty much I watched ninety percent of that game. Um, yeah, Bonk was the definition of, of poised. He, um, he made all the smart plays, the right plays. It was really nice to see somebody skate at him from the other team and for him to not fall to pieces like guys on the NHL roster. He made the smart play, the right play. He looked steady out there and he's the type of player that is, you would hope is going to be very reliable to do the right thing, especially in his own zone. Um, which is at this level, at this point, with very little practice time, is almost more instincts than it is anything else. And that was very good to see. It was very um, – they, they played a lot better in that first game, and they got some some bad luck. And some of the guys that you wanted to see play well, including Bonk, really shined, not in the flashy way, but in the way that is going to be the backbone – could be the backbone of your your defense, essentially. I completely agree. I'll jump in real quick, Jim. Um, okay. He was paired with Jinning in that Jinning. Now he kind of changed it. Like, yeah, I hate. Why do they got to do this to us? <laughs> Him and Jinning were that top pair in Game One, and kind of like Game Two with Granz and Emil Andre. That top pair in Game One, they were probably the best two players on the ice for the Flyers. And like Jack said, just steady as it comes, makes the first pass out of the zone, calm, cool, and collected like steady Eddie Niskanen showed some skill in the offensive zone, showed some skating ability. I was very happy with Oliver Bonk. That's all great stuff, right? That that's what you want to hear. And Jack, like you mentioned, like you, you're not the flashy stuff is great. If he does something cool, 
but you you want to see a lot of the basic fundamental stuff happening and you know that he's not intimidated it's just, i mean it's his first game in a flyer's sweater against you know potential nhl opponents things like that guys that are older than him yada yada um and you want to see him go about his business and it sounds like he did that yeah especially so, your first round pick caught a little bit of flack too uh flyers probably definitely drafting for need but it sounds looking to be like it was okay because we need to restock that cupboard and good to see you take a chance on a guy and he actually turns out pretty nice um i forgot what else i was going to say but you know for the first game for the first look at him like that i was very happy good stuff and let's talk about the other player here that tf has mentioned mr emil andre and so this was a guy that i went into the night on saturday uh watching for and then i will be watching throughout camp um thought he played extremely well i couldn't find him for an entire period <laughs> right trav because they had him listed on one of the sheets as as number six so i'm not even kidding you for an entire period i'm looking for number six <laughs> then i look at the other uh roster sheet they have and i'm like this can't be right like i don't see this guy out there let me look at the other sheet and has him as 36. And lo and behold, there he is, 36, paired with Helga Granz or Helge, however you want to say it. And uh, after I was able to find him and see who he was and what he was doing, uh, yeah, I, I was happy. I'm not going to sit here and, and juice him up and pump his tires, yada, yada, and say that I was blown away, overly impressed. But he, he um, how can I say? He did everything right, I guess. He didn't do anything that made me think this kid's not going to make the team out of camp. He he he's going to potentially make the team. In the end, do I think he does it? No, but not for lack of skill. I just think maybe for lack of experience, you know. And a um, numbers game. Yeah, the numbers game. Yeah, it's it's going to be. Uh, he might be the odd man out the last week or two, you know, but. He looked good Saturday night, moved the puck well. I, I, so something I always look for, especially with the younger kids, is the first pass. You know, are they panicked with the puck? Do they know where the open man is? Uh, and, and do they hit that pass as soon as the puck's on their stick? Right? Because you want these guys thinking ahead. You don't want them um, – how do, I, how do I say? If, if, you're, if you're thinking out there, you're already be, uh, behind. Does that make sense? Yeah, you want it to be more instinctual. Right, exactly. And to him, it looked like see puck, move puck. And, it, you know, you have to know where you're going to move it to uh, if you're going to do that. Um, his on-ice awareness I thought was great. And this is, he's a smaller guy, stockier build, um, but not afraid to play a little physical. Right, Trav? We saw a little bit of that. Um, can get pucks a goal. They had him on the top power play unit, which I thought was cool with – uh, Bobby Brink was the other guy manning the point, but Andre was the only defenseman out there on the on the power play. Uh, moved the puck well. Uh, I put out an article today, um, selfless plug or shameless plug. Uh, head over to hwhockey.net. You can find all my thoughts on Andre there. But um, not saying that he is a chemo teaminen, but in some regards reminded me of him a bit, the way he was kind of handling the puck and handling himself on the power play, he's just alert, right? Like he, he just, uh, you kind of just knew where he was and the, the puck kind of was working through him kind of thing, kind of the same way Timonen was always in control, 
you know, uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's only one game, so I'm not going to overly pump him up and say he's the next team and then, but we'll see. That's just who came to mind for me. Was there any, any of that for you, Trav? Um, uh, I haven't seen enough of them to come up with a comparison yet. Mm-hmm. I remember when he was drafted and I never saw him play before and kind of like reading things. A lot of people compared him to ghost and I'm not sure if that was just because he was a smaller offensive defenseman. Um, he's a lot more physical than ghost and that's nothing on ghost. I love him. One of my favorite players, but I don't think that comparison's really fair. Um, the play that stuck out to me was, I believe it was in the third period and I don't remember who had the puck, but they had a three on two and he came down the left side of the ice and found some open space up the middle, crashed the net. They didn't score on it, but kind of like you're saying, like the instincts kicked in. He's like, okay, they're giving me ice. I'm going to take it. So that was nice to see. And there was, there was a play in the first period where he, kind of similar pucks on the strong side, passed it to the weak side over to him and he missed the net, but man, his slap shots legit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that's important to me because when you think about the, the flyers defense on the roster now, any of these guys really have bomb shots. You know what I mean? Nothing. Mm-hmm. That, maybe Cam York does. And we just haven't seen it yet. I don't know. Uh, but we know Sanheim doesn't. Bristow has a bomb shot, but how often is he going to be manning the point on a power play? Uh, so that stuck out to me. He's a guy that can play uh, on your power play, 5v5, and on your penalty kill. So a very valuable potential defenseman there. Uh, top pair guy, not so sure, but definitely uh, I would say uh, a middle six guy, a, a second pair guy. Um who else do we have here in comments? Uh, Denver Barkey. We talked about him a little bit Saturday night. I'm not sure if we talked about him on air. Uh, sat next to our buddy Jordan Hall for a little bit. Jordan actually really likes Barkey. Uh, compared him to maybe a Travis Konechny light. And when you hear that, uh, first thing I thought was, okay, so Barkey has a motor, right? Um, Jack, any thoughts on on Denver Barkey? Did he play Friday night? He did. He had an assist on uh, okay. Matt Brown's goal. So uh, okay. I wouldn't say he was all over the ice or anything like that. He definitely played better, and I noticed him more in the earlier stages of that game. Uh, for, for definitely for not you know playing much on the, the higher lines or a power play or whatnot. So, yeah, no, he, he looked uh, energetic out there, and he got involved in the goal and kind of fizzled out after that. I didn't see too much of him. I will say in the game one, a lot of the game took place in the Rangers' zone. I know they lost that game three to two. Um, I will say one of the goals was one of those random, like the puck gets shot, deflected, and just kind of floated up and in, into the net, like kind of like bad luck. Uh, other than that, a couple guys just got lost their coverage and got open. Um, but that goal that they had was more of a tic tac toe. Found the guy in, in the slot, and you know he was feisty along the boards. And um, after that, honestly, I really didn't notice him too much. But he definitely got off to a good start in the game again. And I think you guys said it the other night. These guys had what one practice? They're used to usually they have three or four before they get into these rookie games. So uh, with that being said, I can't say I didn't like what I saw, and he got on the score sheet, so I'll take that. Uh, with that being said, I sorry, Echo, it's not me. I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Uh, Trav, any any follow up thoughts on uh, your buddy, your boy Denver Barkey? No, looked good in the first game. Um, 
I'll say the one thing that kind of stuck out to me was in the second game, there was a play where he had to go back on a puck, and I noticed a major lack of foot speed, and I wasn't sure if that was part of his repertoire or not. And then during the intermission, I looked it up, and that is one of his uh, downfalls, I guess you could say, his lack of foot speed. You mentioned he has a motor. That's good, especially if you do have a lack of foot speed. But, yeah, that's that was apparent to me. He's not the fastest guy out there. Yeah, for sure. And we already know he's one of the smaller guys. Uh, so you have to wonder a little bit at, at the NHL level was, you know, if if that is going to be a thing, can you get around the lack of quickness and size of, uh, disadvantage? We'll see. Um, we're going to try to keep it a little more positive because uh, it's only one game. Uh, let's get to some comments. Jared Phillips. Thanks for hanging out once again, Jared. I think Andre goes down to start even though he deserves a spot. They won't risk Zamula on waivers. Sucks. But bar- barring a change to that D group, I think Andre starts in the NA- uh, AHL. I think I so, too. Yep. Yeah. I think yeah, our, our starting lineup says that. I mean, yep. there's no reason you have to. It's not a year you're actually trying to win. They'll you know, get started, and they'll bring guys up at need be. They'll come up with an excuse or whatnot. And it's, it, we see this all the time. Like and it's it's that's exactly how it'll be. It's not a knock on anybody. So yeah, he needs it. You know, he he only had uh, I don't know ten games tops with the Phantoms last year. This will be his first full season uh, in the states. Let him get some seasoning in in the AHL. I don't mind that at all, especially for a defenseman. Um, the other guy that I wanted to talk about on the, we might as well because we talked uh, we talked about Grands as uh, countryman, and apparently, you know, the guy he's going to be paired up with in. Helga Grounds, um, big dude, six listed six four two oh five, looked that way out on the ice as well. He looks big on the ice. Uh, he's mobile though, right? Try like this guy can skate for a big guy. Yeah, exactly what you said, and the the skills were there. Yeah, <laughs> excuse oh, me. You all right, <laughs> barely. <laughs> um, you you don't really think of a big defenseman as speedy and skilled, but. I think that was the thing that stuck out to me the most. He's a guy that he, he looked good on the power play, I thought. Right? Uh, kind of the same thing with Andre. The, the kind of the power play was running through him at the point, switching from a you know high to low, high board to low board, whatever. And uh, I wanted to see him unleash a shot every time. Because he, he loaded up whenever he had the opportunity. Didn't always get it off. But, man, he's got a bomb. Uh, Helga Grands. I'm, t- I can't believe they got him in this Provorov deal. I'm, I'm telling you, because I they got the first round pick, and they get Helga Grands. Come on, he should have been a first round pick the year he got drafted in 2020. Somehow slipped to the Kings. Now I know his his AHL stats are not great, but maybe this is a, a case for you know a guy gets a fresh start and uh, has an opportunity. In my opinion, he's the best. RHD in the Flyers defensive system right now. He's the top RHD. I have him even over Adder. Uh, I know Adder's 24, going to be 25. Yeah, he's on the brink of the roster. He's one of those guys that's probably going to float between the AHL and NHL. But from prospect perspective, Grands I, I have as the top RHD in the Flyers system. Uh, Jack, any thoughts on, on Grands? Uh, I don't believe he played on uh, Friday. So, okay. But I will say... 
Uh, I did hear read a little bit about him and his, you know, future. It seemed like he played, and I'm not, I don't want to poo-poo your point because I agree with you. He played poorly enough last year in the AHL that the Kings felt that he could be a sweetener. Now, that has happened before, and these guys have turned things around. Mm-hmm. He's a guy I'm really going to keep an eye on when things really start to keep get going, if he can keep the momentum. Anything that you see that you like, I want to see if he can be consistent about it because mm-hmm. that's when you can get fooled with guys. They show you something you like, and then when you have to do it for a full 82, and suddenly it's not so easy. So, I mean, if he does great, we have something. So, I mean, especially for, I don't want to say a toss-in, but a sweetener, that'd be fantastic. Um, but I, I that is concerning to me that L.A. was so quick to give up on him. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, but that's the thing. Like, if, if he was that bad near the Flyers, are you like, what do we need this guy for? We don't want him. But uh, they took the opportunity. To just, to just take whoever. However, he's still very young. And they might mm-hmm. they might have just said we're ma- we're making moves now. We got to make a decision if we're close. Let's just do it. But they got a yeah. clear cap, which they did. L.A. So yeah, you know, they they made it. It happens. I mean, look, the Flyers got rid of Patrick Sharp for almost no f- for nothing. <laughs> I mean, like it happens. Like you know, so I'm all for it. I, it when somebody has the the like, the size and the tools, it's for it really is going to come down to where, how they process the game, aka Phil Myers, um, and then they can be consistent with it. And in his case, I want to see him be consistent with it. I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, big right-handed defenseman. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't even a gem of the deal. So yeah. it's 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 free money. You know, I'm viewing it as free money. It, yes, I would love it to pan out, but if it doesn't, it's still a decent trade. You know, so fingers crossed it does work out because we our defensive cupboards not very stocked. So this would be great if he is something. Yeah, 21 years old, uh, from Sweden. Uh, I hope to see him paired up with uh, Andre with the Phantoms. Mm. I, I'm really, I'm gonna really like that pair. I'm gonna be watching a lot of Phantoms this year. You know, it's funny though. I don't want, I don't want to like ruin anything, but people, <laughs> it reminds me of Ghost and uh, Moran. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't wait to see Ghost and Moran together with the Phantoms. That was me. I was praying for that. I, was, I definitely was for it too. Um, sorry, I didn't, said a negative note. I shouldn't be that way, but. <laughs> This is going to be the good version of that. All right. Well, Jim, yeah, you hope the development, you know, guy doesn't have three ACL surgeries. Jim said, point. Jim said he was hoping to see him wind up and take a shot. And there was a play in the second period or in the second game where looked like he was going to, they went D to D to D to D to D to D over and over again. I know exactly. He, what the point he finally looked like he was about to take the shot and the puck went through his legs. And the guy sitting on my right, he, he let out an expletive. He wasn't happy. <laughs> Speaking of the guy saying to your right, I think there was a spy up in the the box <laughs> yeah. on Saturday. Took very, my seat, very, son of a bitch. Very wow. strange. Do you remember his name, Trav? Um, off the top of my head, no. We'll blow him up. I, I took his nameplate, I think. I forgot it, but <laughs> he was the assistant <laughs> to the, the GM. Grudge. Assistant to the GM of the New York Islanders. Why was he there? It was, he was it was Dauber, Dauber prospects guy. <laughs> What's that? He was checking on the former Dauber prospects guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We we're like, what the? Who the hell is this guy? He flipped his nameplate over and everything, so you couldn't be like, oh, hey, Bob. You know? Yeah, um, like I, I said, hey, I'm Travis. Nice to meet you. And just hey, <laughs> yeah. had a rookie game. You big time in you. Yeah. He, he didn't. He didn't want to be known. It was very apparent. He. 
he was trying to lay out in the weeds. He left after the second period. I like how Jim didn't say assistant GM. He said assistant to the GM. It's a subtle dig. Jim, th- Jim holds a grudge, man. Nah, well, that's, that's what we it looked said on up. Google. Yeah. Oh, we Google okay. like on a, uh, uh, like, who is this son the of a office. <laughs> Took no, my well, seat over here. Islanders. This guy better how be important. It, it's the Islanders. How serious could it be? <laughs> well, we're trying to figure out why he's there. And, uh, I'm talking to Trav, scouts, and Trav's man. like, he's getting a, a little game. nuts over here. The rookie game. They got their scouts out there, you know. But you, know, you the pro scouts are rookie scouts to see what's going on. So they had the they had pro scouts, but they were like complete opposite side of where the media was sitting. So we were trying to figure out why he was sitting where he was. And mm-hmm. uh, I saw the Islanders folder, but I'm wondering if, you know, I like to speculate. We're here in trades for Shane Pinto, which we're going to talk about in a second. But I'm like, oh, the Islanders looking for an actual prospect since they don't have any, you know? I mean, that's a valid point. <laughs> if things go south this year, they're going to – maybe they were there for – he was looking at the Rangers, you know? It, it, honestly, it probably was. I mean, that, that team's going to be in the playoffs. They're probably going to be moving guys for prospects. And if the Islanders, things go south there, yeah. The way that the way the Rangers were playing Saturday night more so reflects the style of play the, that the Islanders play because, man, that was friggin' brutal, man. Yeah, we got both. Like, uh, we got both. Yeah, I thought about that. I didn't see too much of that in the first game, but it's although I did see see the one guy I wanted to ask you guys about, and I'll get to that in a second. But it seems like you, these teams have barely practiced, and from what you guys described, the Flyers really got pushed around in the second game. Well, if you barely practice and one team's bigger than the other, it's kind of to be expected, I guess. Uh, although I didn't see that too much of that in the first game. However, one player we talked about a lot this offseason because it was a pretty big season for him was Zade Wisdom. His first period in game one was, I don't think it was horrible, but it wasn't good. Took a penalty, got to a fight, and got immediately dropped. I'm like, okay, here we go. But after that, he had yeah. a very good game. He was laying out, blocking shots, almost scored, and then I, he had a goal in game two, and I'm assuming that he was his overall play for the whole game was good. Yeah, he was one of the few guys in that second game who was making plays. And I kind of talked about Tuamala in the bumper on the first power play. Well, they put Wisdom in the bumper on the second uh, power play, and he was making some plays there as well. So I don't know if he's going to play power play in the NHL, but they they put him there in a rookie game, and he made some plays. I was happy to see that. This is exactly what we needed to hear from that guy because we were pretty critical, rightfully so. However, I think it was you, Trav, who brought up that you know he was dealing with injury, coming back from injury, he was out of shape. So if this is more the guy we drafted, mm-hmm. yeah, keep an eye and thank thank God for his sake and good for him. So I mean, it's early. I, I mean, I hate that I have to say that we're talking about what we've seen. It's early, we get it, but that yeah, is definitely good to see. I'm very happy with uh, with Zade with Zade. Yes, yeah, if he turns out to be the player we drafted, that's a pretty good third, fourth line player. It sounds. Oh, like. for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. There is a player I want to ask you guys about because I think he he unconditionally gets like good gathering reports in anything he does. And I was very happy with how they treated Forrester in game one. They set him up like he was a Vetchkin. Like he just went to the, the top of the circle and they were just feeding him on the power play, even. Yeah. Had a lot of opportunities. Would have loved to cash in on just one of them. And he even had an opportunity where he had a pretty good opportunity in, in front, open. He's right-handed, 
and he shoots short side and completely misses the net. He had a good shot, glove side, didn't go for it. I'm like, maybe it's just early and it's jitters, but I would, he had a lot of opportunities and did not cash in on any. And I don't know. So what, what, what did you guys see from Forrester? Well, I'll say in game one, because I noticed this, there was that play on the power play early in the game where he had a lot in that to shoot at, and he just shot it right at the goalie's pad. No elevation at all. And you know what? That that happens in hockey. Even guys like Matthews and Kucherov, sometimes they just flub shots. You know, it, it happens. Um, so that's nothing to worry about. But it would have been nice because he set up cocked, beautiful. Was that early in the game? Was that early yes. one? Yeah, because the way they the announcer, I think it was Mertidis and Brian Smith, I believe, were the mm-hmm. announcers, and um, they were they made it sound like, and it happened so fast, the goalie just made a ten bell save, but uh, sounds uh, like, eh, <laughs> oh, that's even that's even worse. Look, it's I get it, it's a rookie game, it's early. Yeah. I'm not I'm not writing them off, please. But we are talking about what we saw that stuck out to me a little bit. Hey, look, uh, Saturday night, you could kind of see early that it was going to be one of those games where he was just going to kind of just get through it kind of thing. Yeah. At least in my, like I kind of just, I, I stopped. So I'm, while I'm watching this game, I'm only looking for certain numbers. Right. So I couldn't tell you how um, certain guys played, um, but you knew when Denoye and Forrester were out there and, you know, after a while it was like, well, I'm, I'm just going to stop watching them because we're not going to see anything from them tonight. You know what I mean? Um, oh. That that's how I felt watching them. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna really focus on these guys, you know. And you would expect them. We went into the game expecting them to just stand out. Like the like I didn't have them on my list of players to watch because you just thought that they were gonna be noticeable. Mm-hmm. And uh, after we got there and we're watching, I'm kind of like, all right, well, two less guys I, I need to pay attention to tonight because it just wasn't going to be a thing. Do you know what I mean? It seemed like they were just trying not to get hurt or play too physical because the Rangers were, I don't know what the game plan was, but it was borderline dirty in my opinion. Like it was definitely, it was dirty. And I was just like, please just nobody get hurt tonight. Cause this, this is fucked. That was surprising yeah, they, in a rookie game. They were taking as many shots at wisdom and uh, Denoye as they could after the mm-hmm. whistle and neither of them backed down. But yeah, mm-hmm. as far as Forster goes, like I saw a clip on Twitter from that game where he made a nice play in the corner, used the body, and I think that might have been the only thing good I saw from him that game. It, it wasn't pretty. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll change a, game. a little bit because I want to. I don't know if he played game two, but one of my offensive standouts from game one was Saranac. I thought he was he gelled well on the power play of the first line. I believe he had the second goal. Um, he was he was. I won't say all over the ice, but I noticed him a lot. A couple of opportunities. I mean, it wasn't like a phenomenal performance by any means, but for where he was drafted, I was I was happy with his play. Speedy, very fast. Yeah, he just kind of uh, like disruptive, you know, with that speed and uh, on a forecheck. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I would definitely take that for sure. Uh, and again, I do. I cannot help but see where a guy was drafted, and if he does something I like and really stands out. It does. It does stand out a little bit more because of what, like, like Forrester, for example. I expect more from Forrester. Mm-hmm. I know it's early, but I, I expect more for a guy like that. One, he was, I believe, he played on. They, it looks like they switched some things up, but he pl- it looked like he was playing with um, Forrester and um, Denoyer on that first line, and he maybe even the power play at some point. So 
I was good. It was almost like a tip of the cap to just get you out there with those guys. So, I mean, he was a guy that was drafted that a lot of us liked. And to see that performance in that game, I it just further cemented that I liked the pick. Yeah, he seemed to be kind of buzzing on Saturday. Like, I, I think he was wearing 45. Yeah. And uh, I said something like, man, who who's 45? Because – He's either he either has the puck or he's around the puck whenever he's on the ice. Like he's always in some he's in the play in some capacity and ended up ended up being Siernik. So that's kind of funny. Um yeah, he could be one of those guys. He could be maybe like it's the steal of the draft potentially. Um, we'll see. I'm not sure if he's he's not on an ELC yet, is he? I I gotta double check that. Like he's not gonna be playing yeah, in Lehigh remember. this year. Um, I'd be surprised. He was like a fifth. I get him a Barky confused. I think he was a fifth round pick this year. Yeah, that sounds right. Barky yeah, was Barky third was round. Four? Third, he was third. Because then we got the the other goalie in the third round, but I think we had two third round picks. Do we yeah, have a fourth C- round pick? Yeah, it was Sierenix. Sierenix four. Okay. Uh, I guess he's going to be playing five? over uh, in hockey Alsvenskin. So... Yeah, okay, we're yep. talking yeah. about he's one of the guys we're going to be keeping an eye on overseas this year. So, yeah. I was going to yeah. say, just being yeah, drafted mid-rounds, mid I'd be shocked if he was anywhere else. Oh, yeah. TF guys, there you go, cool. All right, uh, who else from the rookie series? Anybody, or should we move on a little bit? We're 30, about a half an hour in. So what I got to ask, because... I noticed him a little bit. I think he played okay first game, nothing special. But how was Bobby Brink? Uh, he oh. kind of filed into the category with uh, Forster and Denoyer for me for uh, Saturday. I mean, so he let's—he's smaller stature guy, and we're—I'm not over exaggerating when I say the, the Rangers were. It was like Toon Squad. It was like you were watching. <laughs> uh, what's that? What's that Space movie Camp? called again? It, it was like it was like that. Like. They were just getting dominated physically. And, you know, a guy like Brink, who you don't want to get hurt, uh, you know, when it was kind of a one-on-one board battle, he, I think, lost a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and it just wasn't a good night for the for the top guys, um, which, you know, for, for me, it was kind of like, all right, if the top guys don't show out, that's fine. But the new guys, I want to see at least that they're competent. In and Andre, Granz, guys like that, to to Amala, and they were. You know, I learned a little bit about those guys. So I think Denoye Forster, we don't have to worry about just because they have a crappy rookie game. Big deal, in my opinion. What? Yeah, so, I I will say this: we're we're kind of used to seeing Cam York dominate the rookie games, and Morgan Frost dominate the rookie games, and Oscar Limblom had a big rookie game a couple years ago. I was really hoping to see more, like. My biggest standouts to the second rookie game was top forwards didn't show up and we got bullied all night. Bad. I'll, I'll wrap up the first game just based on some observations I wrote in our group chat that night. Uh, apparently, um, I didn't have the biggest expectations for um, Samala, and I was I was happy with what I saw. I was. Mm-hmm. A couple people were happy with Ginning. Um, I say it right. He changed it right. So what is it? Gin. Gin. Ginning. Um, they were Drink happy with what they saw with him, but I still see his ceiling as Robert Hag. So I'm, I'm I, I agree with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's okay, great. I don't, he's going to be a guy. 
You know, he said he wants to play uh, in the NHL this year today. He's already played in the NHL. He's had a cup of coffee. So, you know, right, right. He'll probably lead the team in hits. Yeah. <laughs> I could see him definitely playing some games in the NHL this he's year just because perfect. his floor's so high. He's exactly. And that is that not Hag? Like, he's the perfect, right. like, you know, I'm in the, they're both second round picks too. It just it never, the similarities never end. And um, I, I talked about Forrester. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. Matt Brown had a goal. He played, I didn't even know who he was. And right. Sutherin, I believe, was actually our first fifth round pick this year, defenseman. He played with, oh, it's going to escape me. I can't remember who they had him paired with, but he was, a, a to a lesser extent, another steady Eddie, uh, which was cool. I mean, the fifth round pick, like, that's great. I'll take that. Uh, it seemed like they were more structurally sound game one. Uh, I felt they should have won that game. Uh, it was a couple of uh, opportunistic plays that you know and some bad luck that led to the l but whatever um yeah i can't add much else and they'll, they'll, i guess i'll just finish up with the guy i never heard of uh nolan was it meyer mayor mm. nolan mayor the goalie played pretty well i mean i yeah. can't blame the first goal on him at well at all he's a guy apparently that they relied upon on last year when they had injuries he was an echl guy played very well and I believe he played some time in the AHL, did pretty decently. So, I mean, not that it will ever be anything. He just seemed to be okay in the rookie game. Yep, yep. All right. Uh, let's move on a little bit here. We have Before we get to this next topic, oh. I think we're going to do a kind of fantasy hockey style show soon. Um, I'm going to switch it up real quick to fantasy football. Oh, I, I was going into my matchup tonight up 14 points, and my opponent only had left the Seattle, or the um, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. First play of the game, pick six, and now I'm Steelers. down four. Yep, and now I'm down four. So you lost. Well, probably you, unless, unless yeah, Cleveland goes on up points. Right? Yeah. It's the Browns. You need the Browns to come. You need the Chubber. You need the chubber to run off. I love that nickname for Nick Chubb. You need the chubber to get you a 65 yard ramble. <laughs> yeah. Chubber. It's not, it's still early. It's, yeah. It's got still early. If they, if they, the Browns score some points, you might be okay. Yep. Got to just need a couple of Najee Harris fumbles and benching and we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I already won this week. I smoked him, but I have injuries at the wazoo. We need. Uh, we should do a fantasy segment, future shows. Would you guys like that? Everybody, well, uh, well, watching in the season, comments, our hockey season starts for sure. We're probably yeah, going to do it whether they want to or not because we're going to be pissed off about something. Yeah, I think we a fantasy the, uh... show would be cool right around when everyone starts drafting at the end of preseason. Ooh. Yeah. We got a free agent draft on Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah, it should be fun. Cool. All right, um, let's move on a little bit here. So. I feel like there was news. Oh, yeah, I forgot. There are rumors. <laughs> the rumor mill swirling already around the Philadelphia Flyers. So it became known that Shane Pinto will most likely not sign in Ottawa unless something changes very quickly in the near future. And I think it was rumored on multiple shows. The one that comes to mind first, though, is the 32 Thoughts podcast. Is that correct, Trav? You listened to that show. You want to repeat what they were talking about? Yeah, I, I don't exactly remember word from word. It was a couple of days ago, but I remember sitting in the car and texting you. I'm like, Elliot just said that Ottawa might have to move Shane Pinto if they can't sign him. And 
he named specifically Boston and Philly. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Young centerman scored 20 goals last year. And me and Jim were like, well, what kind of crap would it take to get that to work? And talked about the cap space and might have to include Matthew Joseph in the deal. And then the very next day, Aunt Sand fires off a, a tweet that's pretty much word from word. And yeah, I guess where there's smoke, there's fire. We'll see if they can get a deal done, but I don't know. He might be on the trade block. It sounds like he could be. And uh, I certainly hope admittedly, he I didn't know anything about really Shane Pinto as, aside from uh, started out hot last year, was rookie of the month in October. Didn't do much the rest of the season. Yeah, he'd finished with 20 goals, but that's how hot he started last year. I think he had like 10 goals in the first month or so of the season. Um, so I didn't know much about this guy. I'm like, why? You know, you're seeing people on Twitter pop up. Oh, I wonder if uh, Morgan Frost is a candidate. And I'm like, well, how does that make sense to trade a center for a center and take on $3 million in salary? Apparently, there's some scenario where that could be. So today I said, hey, you know what? Let me let me read about this kid a little bit more. And uh, he's like 6'2", like 190, 200 pounds, something like that. Um, Italian, Pinto. So obviously he's a winner. Um, <laughs> two things that really stuck out to me. I mean, first of all, he, the scouting report was he plays the center position. He plays an honest game, a clean game. Uh, but the two things that really stuck out was good in the faceoff dot. I think he won 52. I got to go double check that number. 52% of his faceoffs last year as a 22-year-old. So that's pretty good. First full season in the league, you win half your faceoffs. Uh, the other thing that really stuck out was he's a net front presence on a power play. And guess what we talked about a couple weeks ago that the Flyers need is net front presence. So you know, and they also need a consistent faceoff winner. Who knows how long Coots is going to be available this season, and who who knows if he can, you know, dominate in the faceoff dot like he's done in the past. Um, could be a valuable asset to add to the Flyers team. Uh, Jack, your thoughts on uh, the, all this hoopla? Yeah, first I thought uh, it came up to me like Autumn might have been trying to. It was like a ploy to you know contract negotiations if this is the flyers we have a player like this and i'm not sure how you feel about going into the season and he starts the season that hot and is not that good the rest of the year at least offensively and his uh, scouting report comes through the draft uh, defense wasn't exactly one of his highlights so it's like what do we have here are we really gonna like pony up now for a hot month or two i can understand the position Otto was in wanting to go for it now having money spent elsewhere maybe they're a little reluctant to pony up and Pinto might be trying to cash in a little bit. So I don't know if it's posturing between the two camps and these other teams get named. That happens all the time. However, if there's really truth to it, anybody under the age of 25, I'm like, come on, let's go. Uh, however, I've heard Lawton named. I've heard Frost named. And that's just, to me, it's getting a little silly now. It's like, is this what we're going to add? Do we even know we, what we have here to be given? We should up? also mention that's just random people on Twitter throwing that out. That's nothing. Nothing's been really reported. reported. Yeah. yeah. But like you're starting, people are speculating what you could give up. And that's what I'm kind of getting at. Like, like, are we really going to like break the mold here for this? Like if, if a team is in a situation where they are want to keep a guy, but can't and whether he wants out or it's just money or both, you don't start giving up like 
good assets. You try to maneuver some things and give up what you can. And that's why you would take on salary too, because you're not exactly giving them a first round pick or anything like that. So I'm curious as to where the flyers stand and where Danny stands and what they want. Boston's been mentioned and they could probably use some more depth as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very interesting to me. If the deal comes to fruition, I don't see any, he, in his scouting report, he's labeled a bottom six guy, you know, a pretty good bottom six guy where he could, potentially be a little bit higher if his scoring really racks up 20 goals is great 20 goals in two months versus over the season there is something to that consistency is a thing so i don't know how i feel about him overall i barely feel i feel like i've barely seen anything he's a 2019 draft guy so um, it's something to monitor keep an eye on and i'm not in the camp of trade something of actual value to get him considering the situation in ottawa it is, uh, I guess, at least fun for – means hockey's close, right, when this kind of stuff starts popping up. Uh, interesting, though, that Boston was rumored because I think they need – well, I don't want to say that they need a center more than the Flyers do because that's just not true, really. Um, but after losing Bergeron and, and Krejci again, they're – like Charlie Coyle's their top-line center right now. I mean, it's not really – we shouldn't laugh because – you know, uh, two or three back surgery. Sean Couturier is our top line center. Um, I don't know if if they trade for this kid, cool. If they trade Morgan Frost for him and they take back a contract with this kid, mm. I I wouldn't be happy with that deal. Obviously, things would have to play out. And we'd have to see what Shane Pinto is. Um. But no, I, I wouldn't be, you know, screaming, nah, Danny Briere, you did it again. Big balls, big balls, Briere. Also, shout, shout out Briere. Said hi to me in the hallway the other night. So that's cool. <laughs> were you wearing your shirt? Were you wearing a t shirt? <laughs> that was. I wonder, I wonder if that's how he was like, oh, that's that fucking guy with the t shirt. <laughs> uh, no, Danny, he probably would like it. Come on. Yeah. You know, you know what? Next, I'll bring one to the game. If I see him, uh, we see him up in the, the booth, I'll, I'll toss him one. <laughs> you'll toss um, it like you're the you're i'll the autograph man. it for him too I'll <laughs> sign it for him. <laughs> yeah um so yeah just interesting you know if the deal is right i mean the flyer should have some leverage here the That's kid hasn't signed there yet so there's no rush to break any sort of bank um for shane pinto you know use they have he's not on your team now so if you don't get him you're not missing anything um if the opportunity arises where you can get pinto for you know pennies on the dollar for whatever reason yeah then then you take it you know um what made more sense for me and scott lawton i think is a name that we were discussing right trav and it's like this is speculation um but the salary matched up with Joseph. Uh, Lawton's a very valuable asset around the league. Um, would be perfect for a team like Ottawa, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And the thing the thing with that is, is I don't think I could ever see the Flyers moving on from Lots just days before training camp. You know what I mean? Um, Can you imagine his- the shit they would get? If they made that trade with that money for just Pinto and no, like, was there like another pick coming back or anything? Cause they, they were looking to get in Lawton for first and that got like 
Right. Danny said that's not enough. Like, could you imagine if he settled for that? Well, the thing is, Pinto was drafted 32nd overall, so I think there was 31 rounds or 31 teams in that draft. So he went one pick outside the first round. You know what I mean? Taking back salary for the guy's got three years, Joseph. Well, the only so yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and uh, and man, yeah, maybe something should come back. Yeah, because well, you're doing look, it in the second round pick comes back with that. Okay, now we're maybe we're talking, but and even then, like I'm really gonna lose sleep over that. But like, yeah. I don't know. I it, what I'm reading is it's gonna be hell's ground straight up. <laughs> Jim's not laughing. I'm only. Wait, I'm sorry. I was reading the comments. What'd you say? <laughs> I said I'm reading. It's gonna be Hell's Grand straight up. <laughs> Would you do it? Can't Jim? trade him. Top right hand D. Uh, so <laughs> another thing we you. discussed here. Ottawa only has Corpus Salo. Yeah, now we're talking. Now, hey, that's a good point. I like that. Yeah, we, we got a plethora. Well, we kind of kicked around heart. Or well, I at least I did. Um, I'm not a big Corpus Salo fan. No, nah, nor am I. I mean, not anymore. Yeah, so uh, we'll see how that plays out. I wouldn't be okay if it was Frost. No, I well, and like you guys said, something would have to come back because I think you could get a first plus for Lawton. So if Pinto's in the deal, I'd need Pinto, Joseph, and some. And, and I Joseph really don't want to move on from too. Lawton. Joseph's a negative, too. Yep. He, he's not a sweetener by any means. Mm-mm. And it's like their, their contract situation, situation they're in. We have leverage, so why would we? You know, we should be getting more than that, or giving Great up points. Less. Great points. We'll uh, we'll tell Danny. <laughs> Give him Fedotov. Yeah, there we go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we got a goalie for you. He's in Russia. If you can get him, I, over, we, he's yours. I thought we were going to go this episode without mentioning him. No, never, <laughs> never. Might as well mention Jurdev while we're at it. There we go. <laughs> Three episodes in a row. <laughs> now we're talking. Um. All right, so uh, let's move on just a tad here. Some more Flyers news, and uh, we'll get to the the Babs news in just a second because I'm kind of excited to talk about that. Um, (laughs) So two things Flyers are doing. Mark Recchi, who I consider a Philadelphia Flyer, um, they're going to retire. They're going to put Recchi in the rafters, right? Are they, they're oh, not no, retiring no, no, as no, no, no. they're not retiring his number, right? No, 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 no. no. They yeah, wouldn't take it away. They, he, they're very, yeah, no, no, no. They would. I mean, they should be because they never should have got rid of him. Maybe the first <laughs> time because you got Desjardins and Leclerc, but the second time with the lockout, that never made sense to me. Never. I was. I, I think I started hating Bobby Clark at that point. He got rid of Leclerc and Recky. Leclerc really only had one more year. Recky had an entire career left, uh-huh. and it, it's just. It irks me because I loved Recky when he was here. And I really remember more of him from his second run, obviously, because I was way too young for his first run. But when he was traded for Dinah Zubris and more to get him back to add with Leclerc and Lindros, like that team was just stacked. He was so good. The definition of like that veteran you you just put on your team and just takes you places. Like he's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. This is it's overdue, but mostly because he played for so freaking long. Like this is this is great. I'm glad he if he go. I don't know what who what jersey wore when he went to the Hall of Fame, but I think he has his most seasons with the Flyers. Check me on that. He's played for a lot of teams, but um, and he's played for a lot of teams we don't like. But that guy in my mind will always be a Flyer. He's phenomenal. He's underrated, especially by management. Um, and I'm happy for. I'm glad he's going to do this. So it's fucking awesome. 
He played 10 of his, I think this is 21, uh, 21, 22 seasons. I'm not going to, I'm not going to count on the air, but <laughs> he, it looks like he played just about half of his seasons, half of his career with the Flyers. And, two stints. Uh, yep. Yeah, two stints. Has the, has the record in points in a season, mm-hmm, mind yep. you, 123, I believe, and what, 92, yep. 93? Yep. Nailed it. 53 goals, 70 assists. Excuse me. So, uh, yeah. What what do they do for these again? Uh, they're just doing a Hall of Fame ceremony before the game. They'll so probably they uh, hopefully they'll like tweet it out, let people know it's going on. Right. They'll they'll give them a little video montage, and then they'll bring all the chairs out at the center ice, and he'll speak. And then they do have the Hall of Fame banners. They're not retiring his number, but it'll say Hall of Fame. Oh, they put him up on the. They put his name on the banner thing. Right, like Holmgren, Tockett, yeah, yeah. uh, Lindros, Leclerc, Brenda Moore. They did a couple years ago. So, a guy, okay. Would would the Phillies Wall of Fame be a comparable for yes. this? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And it, the it, Phillies. No, nights. I w- I was there for Desjardins and the Claire Lindros was one night. Mm-hmm. Not the retirement number. That was different. But like, I would love to get like the 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 jersey. I guess you call it right. Like I have a Leclerc one. From that night, it's got the little patch on the shoulder. Mm. My favorite flyer shirt. I just outgrew oh, that's it. That's cool. I'm a grown boy. Uh, <laughs> but I would get a wrecking one in a heartbeat. I hope they do the same thing. Maybe with the new burnt orange. Yeah. That so would be cool. I don't like Mark Recky. What? Uh, I, was, I didn't think you were going to say it on the show. Did he dick to you? He was mean. N- no, I've <laughs> never met Mark Recky. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I remember Mark Recchi as a hurricane and a Bruin. I'm too young to even remember the second stint. Oh, he was, he was gone in 2004. I was five years old, so I never saw him play for the Flyers. I remember him as a Bruin and a hurricane. Not saying he's wow. bad. Great. You look at the stats, great career, but uh, I don't know. I just grew up. He was a Bruin and a hurricane. I didn't like him. He oh, did piss me he off while he was with stay. the Bruins, to tell you the truth. He wanted to stay with the Flyers, and Clark said no. That's why I'm like, what? Dude, I think he's played with the Penguins twice. Yeah, he's played with Montreal. Um, yeah, yeah, he obviously won a cup with um, with the Bruins. I forget. And who the else. Hurricanes. I know back in the day he wanted the pit. But, like, I look past that stuff because we we screwed up. Like, what's he supposed to do, retire? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he he was just – he's a good guy. He's a good player. Like, what are you going to do? You know, and I was actually – I hate Boston, but I was happy for him when he won because it was him. And I did see him play a lot. I saw him play a lot. He was – as good as he was, he was still underrated. All right, so here's a game for you, real quick, Jack. Recky played for seven teams, and don't Ooh. look it up. Seven teams in his NHL career. Can you name all seven? I'm gonna try. All right, Philly. One. Pitt, two. Montreal. Three. Uh, Boston. Four. Carolina. Five. Um, you need two more. Is, is anyone like a weird like a like Atlanta or something like that? Is it okay? Yeah, Atlanta was what? Thinking of Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta what? what? Yeah, Atlanta what? Uh, thrashers, <laughs> thrashers. Right. Um, and there's one more, right? Yeah, one more. Fuck, who am I missing? I give you ten seconds. Nine. Whoa. Eight, um, seven, four. What? Three. <laughs> Two. Um, one. Is it no. is it Edmonton? No. Terrible I don't guess. remember him on the West Coast. I, it's it, I'm telling you, it's like a, I'll give you one hint. Go ahead. 
Oh, I got it. I got it. Tampa. Yeah, that's it. Wow. I don't think I would have got that. Well what done. What year was that? 08, that was 09. in between I, I Pitt and Boston, right? Yeah, I don't remember him with wow. them either. And that's when he, he was on Atlanta the year before. He played 53 games. I don't remember that either. But that's what I'm saying. He played for so many teams after Philly. I remember him as a Bruin and a Penguin and a little well, bit with the Hurricanes. When he went yeah. to like Atlanta slash Tampa, like you thought his career was over. Then he goes to Boston. And like, yeah, it was. He should have never left Philly. He should have never left Philly. Oh God! It. Can you imagine him with the Gagnes and the Richards and the Carters? Like Jesus Christ! Like Clark can fucking pound it, man. He would have been like, a good leader for them. We're guys, just gonna man. get rid of you for the sake of getting rid of you. Yep. Yeah, ex- expletive. Sorry. I loved Recky too. I I remember being like, "What the hell's? Why are we trading this guy?" Um, what a walk. We'll uh, get the good times going here. So the Flyers are going to bring the double logo back to Wells Fargo Center. They already did um, the dual logo. They are getting rid of the old corporate one big Flyers logo with the red line running through it. Um, A lot of people have been pretty um, vocal about this the last couple of years. And, while I think we all like the double logo more than the one logo. Oh, well, let me, I want to know your guys' thoughts. So, um, Jack, let's start with you first. Double logo or single logo and why? So at the end of the day, double logo. And here's my reasonings. I have two main reasons. I'm a traditionalist, so I don't like changing anything. So <laughs> the fact that I'm saying this tells you that this organization was an absolute dumpster fire for way too long. You need to change everything. And I'm not one to say that, you know, so that's how bad things were. And two, apparently Ed Schneider had said, you don't cut the logo. And when Ed Schneider says something, it's gospel. So therefore mm-hmm. you don't cut the logo. But I known that before I didn't, I would have been partitioning it. So enough said, I'm good. I love it. Let's go. All right. Trav, your thoughts. Yeah. Same way. I like the double logo cutting the logo in half is just dumb. It looks dumb. Um, I guess it works for some teams. I don't really agree. I think the double logo looks good. And like Jack said, Ed Snyder didn't like the single logo, so he should have kept the double double logo. But that's Chuck Fletcher for you, baby. <laughs> yeah, that, that regime was just brutal. Um, but I, I agree with both of you guys. I think it looks better, number one. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I'm, I'm real passionate about the double logo, yada, yada. So here, here's my thing. If I'm indifferent to a double logo or a single logo, if somebody over here is like, I like the double logo, it it looks better, it means something, yada, yada. I'm like, all right, well, it means something to this guy. Let's do the double. Do you know what I mean? And if it's Ed Snyder is that guy that wants to keep the double, how dare you change it? Should have never been changed. It was his team. This has never been changed. He built the frigging place. I don't know how that got by me. I I, I must have, I don't know. But I would have thrown a fit if I'd have realized. <laughs> yeah, so that that was something. It's a it's a small thing, but it's a big thing for fans, I think. Um, so yeah, double logo. We have a couple comments. Undo the voodoo. Very smart. Yep. And Oakham's double logo. Yeah. So I think oh. everybody likes the double logo. The big logo just didn't look right. It looked weird. Um, the aesthetics uh, look a lot look better with the, with the dual. Much like the last ten years. Wrong. Very true. Things are they coming back. Old song too. Tell me they're going to do that. 
<clears throat> yep, two logos is one more. Two is better than one. There you go. <laughs> it's math. It's math, people. Um, all right, our last topic of the night is the catastrophe in Columbus. What was that one hashtag you said was going around, Trev? Uh, Mike Commodore started the hashtag Babs the Perv. All right. Yeah, I, I don't know what that's about, but uh, how weird was that hire in the first place? The, obviously, the Columbus Blue Jackets have um, allowed Mike Babcock to resign or whatever they did. But from the start, like the team, the way that they're they're rebuilding, they they draft Fantilli, who's going to be the absolute star of their franchise that they've never had. I mean, say what you want about Rick Nash, but Adam Fantilli is going to be an absolute stud for columbus break whatever records they got yada yada did you draft him you drafted him didn't you i did yeah i already i was uh, gonna say i'm like i'm I sorry did. what <laughs> yeah he he's gonna be a flat out stud for them but anyways he's gonna be good, gonna be good. they drafted a, they have a very young team obviously they have players like janner goudreau they have some older guys overall. but uh <laughs> um and they bring in a guy like mike babcock who I don't know how many teams he actually fits, but to bring him into a team like this made absolutely no sense for me. Uh, and then when, so just in case you're, you know, you've been a little busier or living under a rock, apparently it came out. Uh, I, I, I assume it's some of the players leaked it to the spit and chicklets guys that uh, I'm going to try to frame this as, Innocent as I've sound as I've heard it, that I'll I'll cut you off real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I, be I believe it was uh, a former player. I don't know who. It was a former player who heard it and told Spit and Chicklets. Okay, all right. And uh, if, if you can describe it better than I can, feel free to jump in. But apparently, they were doing this thing where the where Babcock's trying to get to know the players better. You know, so. What it sounded like was these guys were putting their phones up uh, through what's the airdrop thing or whatever. Uh, the contents of their phone were visible to whoever was hanging out, I guess, right? Something like that. Or at the very least, Babcock was looking through pictures and uh, conversations, yada, yada, in, in their phones. And his his reason was he wanted to get to know the players better or whatever and maybe it was an innocent thing i'm assuming that it was an innocent thing okay having said that how weird is that mm -hmm. my whole thing from the beginning if you want to get to know somebody have a conversation with them talk to them you know hang around them i don't like trav imagine i said to you let me see your phone. I want to see what you got in there. Let me let me see what kind of person you are. Let me let me figure out how I need to judge you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Let me see what kind of, you know, are you a scumbag? You know, or are you family with kids? Do you go out on the weekends? What do you got in your phone? None of my that's none of my business. It's principle. Babcock is the boss. He he's the boss of that that team. Imagine your boss at work going, let me see your phone. I need to see, let me rifle through your phone, your text messages, your private conversations, your private pictures. It's none of his business to, to even think about asking that. You know what I mean? And so apparently some of the younger guys had, uh, they felt uncomfortable is what, is what was coming out. 
And rightfully so. Because I think if you're one of the older guys on the team, the odds that you're going to have an issue sharing family photos or what you did over the weekend with your coach, probably not as much of an issue as if you're 21, 22, 23. You know, especially in today's day and age where, you know, people are taking uh, pictures of themselves, yada, yada, and sending it to each other. Who the hell knows what's it's it's that's the thing. It's none of his business what's on anybody's phone. And uh, people want to say, well, you know, who cares? It's it's just the phone. And, oh, these kids felt uncomfortable. Like, they're so soft in today's day and age. No. That's not the case here, right? Because if you're uh, one of the younger guys and you're fresh into the NHL, this is your first coach, your first boss, you don't want to be the guy that says, no, I don't feel comfortable with you looking through my phone. You want to try to make good impressions and all of a sudden you're put in this situation where do I have to look like an asshole in front of everybody? Do, will my coach look at me a certain way if I tell him no? That's such a bullshit situation to be put in. And for a guy that's already known for being a, for being a prick, that's going to curse, to, to not have the awareness to see what he's doing to – I use the words – doing to other people but i don't mean like he's like he's harming them but you need to have some form of awareness of how will these people feel if i ask this 19 21 22 doesn't matter the age if i ask them to see the contents of their phone they're not your kids you know what i mean um so that coupled with all the bs stories that we've heard from him in the past this it 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 bothered me a little bit and when i saw people on 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 twitter kind of choosing sides for whatever reason because that bothered me too the whole choosing a side and oh the spit the the chicklets guys are such pieces of shit okay so because you have these feelings about the chicklet guys automatically you're discrediting that what they're saying could be true which in my opinion is straight up bullshit because you cannot like somebody and they could still be telling the truth right i found it interesting that a lot of the the crowd that doesn't like chicklets was taking up sides with Babcock. And I'm like, this is the same crowd that talks about uh, toxic this, toxic that, and hockey. And you have head toxic piece of shit number one <laughs> doing this stuff, and you're on the side. Dude, it, it, this thing, it was blowing my mind. I was trying to stay out of it and just watch what people were saying. But it was just insane how things played out. I want to know what you guys thought. Did you did you read into any of this stuff, or uh, Jack? Did you did you get into any of it? Were you as passionate about it as as I might have been? I mean, that last point is kind of like an eye roll, head shake. But as far as Babcock concerned, like he's going to take any job he's offered at this point. From the Columbus Blue Jackets perspective, I don't know if Babcock's my first choice. However. If I'm going to try to make an argument for Kekalainen, it's that you probably you added a lot to this team. You're going to go for it. You have a very competitive division. You probably want an established, hard-nosed coach. Babcock and Torts have a lot in common outside of the stuff we're about to talk about. Um, and they were very good on the Tortorella. So I can understand going for that style of coach, not necessarily Um when it comes to Babcock, and I said this in our group chat, I do think that 
when you when you find success um, earlier in your career, you know he was very good with Anaheim, Cup with Detroit. Uh, I do think that sometimes you get this "my shit doesn't stink" mantra, and a little more of your actual self comes out a little bit. And you saw in Toronto where he at the time. I believe he signed to be the highest paid head coach. I don't know about history, but definitely at the time, maybe both. And uh, I, de- I wanted him. I wanted the Flyers yep, head coach for sure. Too. You know, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't look people say, Oh, a lot of former players. Nobody has a nice word to say about him. Yeah. I don't give a shit about that. Like, I, I really don't think don't. he had the bad rep. He does now. Exactly. I went, yeah. And they'd be referring to, Oh, he's an asshole. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Like do your job. I don't care if he's an asshole. Torts is an asshole. Do your job. You know, when it comes to this other stuff, that's different. That's separate. And the first, like, that at least that we got that I remember was, I believe it was Mitch Marner making him write which players he felt was out of shape on that current Toronto roster. And then he just outed him. Like, he just read it to the locker room, you know? So a part of me is it's, and you, how can Mike Babcock be this, like, unaware of where we are in today's society where you can't even mispronounce something or, you know, say, think the wrong thing, but you're going to ask this, like even it's not appropriate ever, especially today. And you're going to do this and make it, make it seem like, Oh, I want to see if they're screwed up players. Well, one it's private. It has nothing to do with you. That's some, that's some BS. But then there's a second like leg to this. Like he typically will get information from players and use it against them, whether it's Mm -hmm. on that player or about other players. So he was probably fishing for something to have on people as well. And that is just another reason to just be like, this guy is, he's just weird. For a hockey coach, he's creepy. Like, he's a creep. Like you can't, you cannot have that. Who would, who would follow that guy? Who would take him seriously? And the weirdest thing is he didn't even apologize. He was right. like, oh, well, thanks for the opportunity. Good luck. Kind of, kind of nonsense. As that tells you where he's at. Like he's that guy who is like, screaming obscenities and racial slurs. I'm not saying Babcock said that, but he ain't changing. He is who he is. And, you know, it, it's he's the game has moved past a Babcock coach. And it, it, I think they tried bringing in an established guy with success who had a championship to go with their squad. And they just, if there was anybody else, but this goofball would have made sense. But I don't know who else was available. He's been out so long. You think he'd learn something? but I feel like he was in seclusion the entire time to come out and be like, this is just baffling. I've never seen anything like it. Didn't even make it to training camp. Mace Columbus looked completely ridiculous. And yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it was the right decision. I can't believe it. Yep. Uh, am I on mute? No, No, I hear you. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Good points there. It's just the whole situation. It was a recipe for disaster almost instantly when they hired him. It was like you could have hired literally anybody. The assistant coach that you made coach after you, you know, Babcock left, you could have just did that. Anybody but this freaking. I remember hearing stories of him making uh, Mitch Marner go around and, and tell guys what they were doing wrong in the locker it was, room. Uh, I brought that up. Oh, he, you did? Sorry, sorry. Made him write a list. Of who was out of shape, yeah, oh, work right. ethics too, yeah, yeah, and then and then and then he read that. Not Mar, I think he either made Marner read it or he just read it. 
like after he had the information, which is why I was saying, like, I feel like he was fishing for more than just, oh, are you a good guy or not? Right. Like, he was probably fishing for some shit on some guys. So he just didn't learn. Like the guy is just a, uh, but Jim is what he is. Sensitive world. How could you not be that self-aware? On top of one, it's creepy to begin with. It's a complete invasion of privacy. And then where we at our society today? Are you nuts? Are you insane? Like why yeah, would I mean, you? No sense. And he doesn't even apologize. Yeah, it tells you he is who he is. He's never changing. He's done. He's finished. He'll go home and think he never did anything wrong. He'll yep. probably think he got screwed. Which, and I, I'm starting to see more and more of it. People kind of um, call for Kekalainen's head a little bit. But here's my thing. I understand, I understand that, you know, because um, it's it, that's the first question I ask in, in, in real life and like in business. And uh, obviously with this was who hired the guy? You know, there's a there's toxic piece of shit in I got to see every day. Yada, yada. Or this person sucks at their job. Who hired them? Right. Because whoever brought them in is the real problem. What did they see here that they brought this guy in? Um, with Kekalainen, so here's our thing. So from on the outside, I think we think he's done a good job with Columbus. He's kept them competitive. It seems like year after year, it might not be the same player, but they have star players, right? Um, I think they need star players on that team to keep the fan base coming. Um, but in Columbus, I think maybe uh, he's starting to wear out his welcome a bit yeah. is kind of the tone that I get from some of the fans uh, or from some of the, the Columbus beat writers a little bit. I uh, hope they fire him because Columbus <laughs> has been a thorn in our side. I do. And he, look, he made a bad decision. I I think he wanted a torts style of coach and took somebody who was out of the game, who he didn't quite realize was as crazy as we thought he was. I don't know what the other options were. Um, he wanted somebody, I think he wanted somebody who was established. who was a winner and it was a hard nosed coach because he saw success under that similar style of coach. I mean, when you look at the accolades and the style of coaching, the torts and uh, Babcock are pretty similar. They each have a cup. They each are assholes. You know, I, I mean, think about it. They, they don't take, they're no nonsense. I mean, it's similar. Now, the biggest difference is it had to be relieved for. But when I look at the Columbus Blue Jackets, they don't spend, they try to spend money. It's people don't really want to go there. He's had Panarin there. He's made so many trades with Chicago to keep that team afloat. He's moved everybody under the sun. Like he traded for Seth Jones. Like he traded Panarin to get him and then load. Remember he loaded up and went for it and it still kept that team competitive. He makes trades. He drafts well, like he does everything. A small market team. You need him to do. He's the Billy bean of the NHL. So if they <laughs> fire him good because he's in our division and that'll make, I bet you Columbus will start. You'll start to see them. Okay. He made a bad coaching call happens all the time. You know, they fire him. They're going to be up shit's Creek without a paddle in a couple of years. Yeah, for sure. It'd be interesting to see what they do. Um, what do you guys think? Should we try to wrap this one up? Do you guys have any, anything we missed during the episode? Uh, say it now or forever. Hold your peace. Well, I, I didn't go too deep into it. I like, I wasn't on board with the hiring at, at all. When it first happened, I just, what has this guy done to deserve a second opportunity? I haven't seen a reason that he deserved one. Um, so 
I didn't think anything crazy like this would happen, but I'm not surprised that something crazy did happen. Um, <laughs> and I, I kind of wonder, like, this is all speculation, but I wonder if, you know, like Johnny Gaudreau went on 32 Thoughts and talked about it, and uh, Boone Jenner, the captain, came out with a statement. I wonder if I could see both of them and what they said being true as to the point of, Hey, Johnny, what did you do this summer? Oh, you know, I was hanging down Stone Harbor on my jet ski. I got a nice beach house. Um, I have a newborn. Oh, cool. Let me see a picture of your jet ski. Oh, let me see, you know, and you just kind of flip the phone or you put the Bluetooth on and up up goes the screen and then you close it right out. I could see something like that. And then, you know, Babs is like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I play a lot of tennis and pickleball and I like to fish, shows them a picture of the boat. And, you know, they just talk about their lives in their summer and then, okay, you're gone. And then when he goes to a younger guy, he takes advantage of him because Elliot said today, the real kicker in this is that there was a meeting, not even at a Columbus facility. I don't know if it was his house, a player's house. I don't know. Um, but Elliot said he Babcock took the player's phone for several minutes and just went through it. That's where you draw the line. Like, I, I, if Johnny and Boone, what they're because I'm seeing these guys get dragged about being liars and dishonest. I don't know. Maybe they did lie about it, or maybe just their experience was different than the younger guys. But what Babcock's and what it sounds like he did to the younger guys totally crosses the line. And if he's a CEO or a boss or very, any other corporate company, he's fired immediately, right? Like, it was, yeah, it was just so weird and. You wonder what the hell he was looking for going through text messages. Is he trying to see if the player's talking shit on him behind his back? Or maybe he's a perv like spitting chiclets and <laughs> Commodore insinuated. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Not saying he is. It's a possibility, though. He's going through players' camera rolls. That's weird as shit. Um, so the fact that he did something dumb again, and like Jack said, he didn't even apologize. I think he's so friggin' brain dead and so old. And he's just not in touch with today's athlete. He shouldn't have been hired. He should have been fired. And kind of like what Jim said about picking sides, what the hell was that shit? You can't wait until the two sides, you know, speak their side and the investigation's over. It's, oh, uh, no, spitting chicklets. They're unreliable. And, yeah, it was, it was, it was a wild week, man. I a lot of good, you. funny memes out of it, but oh, it was wild. Oh, sure. I got to ask you, though, was a lot of those people siding with, I don't want to say siding with Babcock, but really just not liking Spit and Chicklets. Was there a lot of Flyers fans doing that? Ooh. I, I didn't was see Flyers Meechkoff, fans. But, uh, remember the Meechkoff thing that came out? and People were really upset with right. Spit and Chicklets about that. So I am curious if there's just a little carryover from that. Yeah, I, I honestly didn't see many Flyers fans talk about it. More of it was national recall, national writers, podcasters. That's surprising to analysts. me. I know people. I know people don't like. You know, I, I mean, I don't mind them, but I, you know, I know some people over time have you know, disliked them a little bit. But that's surprising. This is pretty cut and dry. Like you don't do this. You know, no I, matter who's I, supporting it. I still don't think they made up that Mitch Goff thing. I believe. Whether it's right or wrong, someone told them that, and it was someone they trust, and they believed it. I hope it's wrong, right? But I don't it's think the they just randomly honest, made that up for clicks. And I'm not going to defend anything because you you may very well be right. I do know that uh, what's his name's kind of he's a little bit of a Flyers hater. Um, take that for with you, uh, Ryan Whitney. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. It makes sense why he would be. 
Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying he just came out of the blue, but you know, but, um, what's the Meech golf thing? I don't remember. They had teammate and, uh, what, what else was it? Trav? Yeah. He kicked the guy or spit on a teammate. It was the <laughs> week after the draft. They came out with since nothing else since like before or since heard nothing else, but like, like biz works for the coyotes, right? So maybe someone in that coyotes organization was pissed off that Mitchkov didn't want to go there. So he made up a lie, told it to biz and it was someone biz trusted. And he was like, Oh, well I heard that Mitchkov's a shitty teammate and he did this and that. And it yeah, could have no, been all I'll, false, I'll but biz believed it. I'll agree with Travis. I don't think they're, they're fabricating stuff out of thin air. I think they were told it's just, you got to like, see the situation and understand your source and just if you're going to go with something because we know a couple of writers here who have gone with information that has been very very false <laughs> <laughs> i mean so and not that they'll get killed for it but like it was a little like i've heard nothing before or since of this not that i'm the greatest source but like, like it did seem a little it's, out of the it blue. says on your screen you have sources I do, but, they're, but they, I, they're my old roommates that I lived with for uh, 30 years before I moved out. There, there's nothing wrong with listening to both sides, waiting right. until the investigation's over, forming an opinion, <laughs> but to jump down someone's throat and just call them a liar. Like the Blue Jackets fans went crazy on them, and they're still pissed off. And I think the Blue Jackets fans should be grateful that this ended now rather than a year and a half from now, and it just – prolongs everything i agree with that and i i'm shocked that they're going after kekalina i I, i'm just i'm like you're not going to realize what you have till it's gone that that's all i'm going to say well this is how this is how kind of you know how they talk about coaching trees like in the nfl a gm tree bill zito learned under kekalina probably should have been our gm but they had to have (laughs) what's he doing with florida how they doing I'm just saying, like, you're not going to know what you have till it's gone. And you, it's not exactly like you're a destination. And that's with you having a good record. Flyers have a bad record. We have trouble getting people in here. Once we're playing, we're, once we're better, people are going to want to come back here. Columbus, they can have a winning record if people don't want to go there. Or the current players that are winning want to leave. Like, that's it's going to be a problem. You're going to need to draft well and do other things well. I. They're going to be, I'll just leave it at that. Yep. We'll see what happens. Um, But the drama has started already this NHL season and camp has not even gotten underway yet. Well, rookie camp, I guess. So I'll say one last thing. Screw the blue jackets and Jeff Carter is your daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Jeff Carter was there longer than Mike. They (laughs) they still hate Jeff Carter. It's hysterical. Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, they, they should. I mean, he's the freaking guy. Wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't play for them. Did he, did he actually play in games? Yeah, he, he played. Did, yeah. Half Remember when he locked himself down the shore, shut off his phone for a little bit? No, <laughs> I don't think I've heard that. So apparently Rick Nash and like two other guys drove to the Jersey Shore to like talk to him. Like he he, <laughs> he, had, a, he had like a week. It was a summer. He had like a, a week where he just was at the shore and just shut it all down. Like, <laughs> I, I do remember nobody could get a hold of Richards or Carter for like a week. I do remember that. Yeah, it was bad. At least Rich, I didn't know that about Richards, but I remember at the time, I'm like, at least Richards is going to LA. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, Carter's got to go like, to Ohio. Like, <laughs> uh, yikes. Yeah. I remember watching Carter with Columbus, and I'm like, you could just see the guy does not want to be there. 
Like, you look like shit. He still put up 25 points in 39 games. But you could definitely tell he didn't want to be there. There's a lot of high and wide shots there. <laughs> a lot, yeah. <laughs> that is a lot of free advertising. Um, all right, boys. What do you think? We're uh, almost an hour and a half in. We got a uh, camp starting later on this week. We want to wrap this episode up. Yeah, I guess we should. Nick All Chubb right. carted off. Ooh. Yeah, after I said the Chubbers got to help you out, he gets <laughs> carted off. Who's their backup? I, I almost always want to hunt. I, oh, I, yeah, that's Falcon the name guy. I want to go to, but I know that's not it. Is it? Uh, do they still have Dearnest? No, nah, it's Felton. Something Felton. Dearnest is in Jacksonville now. Huh. I, anything you want to know about RBs, I yeah. can tell you because I've been scouring that friggin' list for you asked the question three weeks now. Where's Corey Clement? Uh, not, he's not on the team. Where's uh, Bryce Brown? Who's Bryce Brown? Did you just <laughs> he make was, a name up. He was Shady's backup for a couple of years, and he was really good, but he kept fumbling. Oh, I remember that dude. Oh, number Shady. thirty-four, biggest comeback on the face of the earth. Whoa, whoa. Dallas Cowboys owner, LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy, he owns the Cowboys, tipped the waitress 17 cents. Asshole. <laughs> and he spoiled, uh, spoiled. What if he got uh, bad service? He's bad. Yeah. Bad service. Oh, my God. Speaking of, I'm not going to put this restaurant uh, on the list. Speaking of bad service, had the worst restaurant experience in my life two weeks ago. Really? Yeah, restaurant in- Saturday night. <laughs> I love, that's a seat. great place, actually. Yep. Yeah, it took forever to get a seat, but a pretty good little spot. Blenders out in Allentown by the uh, PPL Center. Make sure you stop by if you go out to a Phantoms game. Good wings. Great wings, yeah. And great uh, cheesesteak empanadas. Yep. Yeah, that was my choice. I want to hear about your bad uh, service, Jim. My bad service. Uh, so I, I'm not going to put the the name on uh, out there, but it was a little Italian restaurant in Paulsboro, New Jersey. Worst experience of my life. Like, you ever, you ever watch Kitchen Nightmares? Yeah, like it was one of those jobs, like fighting in the kitchen. You could hear it out in the dining room, but like everything that could go wrong before that had gone wrong, and that was like the cherry on top. It was like, yes, we got the kitchen fight to top it off. Nice. Now let's uh, get what what did you tip him? (laughs) 17 cents. (laughs) I I still, so I, how about uh, that? According to, uh, According to my girlfriend, I overtipped, but in this case, I took a couple bucks off. So I, I tipped just right. Um, and LaShawn McCoy couldn't do it. What a piece <laughs> of scum on the bottom of my shoe. <laughs> All right, let's really wrap this up. Let's go watch some football. Flyers camp starts later this week. Hockey's back, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back next Monday. Uh, that's going to do it. Bye-bye. Yeah, you asshole. <laughs> you look.